What is going on, family members? Welcome back to another episode of Cruise Island, a very special Saturday edition. Uh, we did not have one Wednesday. For those of you who know me, I'm in the Navy and I stand duty You know, once a week. This week, Wednesday, was my day to stand duty, so I wasn't at home, could not do a show. But I'm making it up to you guys by having it on a Saturday and by bringing in my guy, Couch Coach Live. Because you already know when it's me and him together on the show, you guys already know what we're about to talk about. <laughs> talk about Washington football. Because because really, when it's just us two, that's our chance to really get it out there and just focus on our team. Because when we, we bring bring other people in, you know, like Jerk, he brings in his logic. And then we have people like Mo who just want to talk about the Cowboys and, and how Dak wasn't one in five last year before he got hurt or one in four. And how somehow things are going to be different. Then you got the press talking about the Giants and how Daniel Jones is that guy and and Saquon's this and that. Actually, actually, in in his defense, he doesn't believe Daniel Jones is that dude. Um, but I won't I won't put words in his mouth. But he does love Saquon. But so do I. Uh, so with that being said, Couch Coach Live, how are you doing, man? Everything's good, man. You know, enjoying the first part of my holiday weekend. Just you know, just having a good time, man. Yep, I feel you. I feel you. I, I have um, I've uh, I had a four day weekend this weekend, so I had yesterday off. Mm. Obviously, today and tomorrow I got Monday off. It's much needed. Yes. Um, I'm gonna try to rest and recover, but I got I got a backyard to mow. I got some uh, some golf to play. Hopefully yeah. tomorrow. Hopefully, uh, weather permitting. It's supposed to be nice tomorrow over here, so I think I'm gonna go golfing. So, uh, real quick, just want to touch on um. We, we got two big things we want to we want to talk about. We're gonna start with the first one. I I think it's a little bit, you know, it, it's not as big of a story only because we 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 know it's coming every year. You know, um, organized team activities have have come and gone. I believe for most teams, if not all. Um, but again, we're gonna focus on Washington. We got our first look at Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Um, from what I've seen, he looks phenomenal. Uh, we got the first glimpse of what a scary Terry Curtis Samuel offense wide receiver duo is going to look like. Um, and th- and that's not even talking about, you know, Adam Humphreys, who we signed in free agency. Um, your boy out of North Carolina, who yeah. I can never pronounce his name correctly, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Damani Brown. <laughs> yep, Brown. Yep. So, yeah. so what, what's your first impressions of what this team is looking like after the first week of organized team activities? Um, you know, and it- – the team looks good. The team look focused. Um, and it's at, this is a good situation where now you finally have the OTAs, you have the offseason workout, which definitely helps towards continuity. Um, this is a great way to build what we had last year coming to this year. Um, I definitely love like Fitzpatrick coming out. Like he he definitely comes out, he has that QB one aura around him already from the jump. He commanded that QB one presence. The moment he stepped out on the field last week, so I'm just I'm definitely I'm looking forward to this team. We got what, about two months to go to training camp. Um, I, I'm in, you know at this point just to, just to see them having an off season is yeah. is the, the perfect thing. Where last year we didn't have those. Everybody was in Zoom meetings and you know learning you know <laughs> interactively. This time they're playing on the field. And it's definitely looking encouraging. And then also, this is the second year of Ron Rivera's tenure, so this is you know another notch on his belt. And it's just going to just provide us with great um, continuity going forward. Yeah, seeing seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick come out, and you, you definitely you definitely touch on it. He has that QB one mentality. He knew when he got signed, this is what he was coming in here to do. Obviously, he knows. In the uh, he knows that he's not signed to be the long term guy, obviously, because he's been in the league 14, 15 years already. So he's obviously getting up there in age. But I'd be hard pressed not to think that somewhere deep in his brain, he he's thinking something along the lines of this is the most talented team I've ever had around me, offensively and defensively. Why can't I go out and win 11, 12 games? And be the be the guy for the next three four years. Give him a chance to draft somebody, you know, in later rounds and and groom and and bring up. He definitely has a chance to show that he's not just a journeyman quarterback, 
because you look at his time in Cincinnati, in Houston, with the Jets, you know, in Miami, in Buffalo, it's been on teams who are who are in the middle of a rebuild. And I mean, not even in the sense that we were in the middle of a rebuild. We are in the middle of a rebuild, but we're we're kind of trending towards the end of the rebuild going into that competitive stage. Well, when he was with Buffalo, they were beginning their rebuild. They're moving on from a lot of people. Same thing in New York. They had moved on from a lot of people and Miami as well. They were the start of the rebuild. So there were no there were no expectations going into the season. Having him come in with this team around him after what we did last season, given it was a seven and nine record, but we still made the playoffs, still gave the Super Bowl champs a, a tough game, arguably the toughest of their playoff run, you know, between us and, and Green Bay were their toughest games. And and when you, you when you as a quarterback were taking college courses, you know, a month prior to the game, and, yeah. and you and Aaron Rodgers are the two guys that gave Tom Brady his toughest challenge, you know, something to be said, not only about you, but about the team as well. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how this team grows and progresses because because Fitz is definitely a locker room guy. Yeah. He's definitely, you know, he, he's there to help people grow. He's there to help people succeed. And he wants to groom the younger guys into that that winning way, even though he's never been, quote unquote, a winner, you know, anywhere he's been. Yeah. Um, so what do you think we, we've had? Let's see. The, the draft was the last week of April. So we were a month removed for the draft. Me and you, for those of you that watched the our our live draftathon coverage that, that I was so I was um, grateful to host. Me and you, we were not happy with our first round pick in Jamin Davis. Has that changed? Um, yeah, it has. I mean, and that's one thing too when you look at doing things in live television, and that's one thing we've you know we we we're accustomed to doing now. That you can't fake it, like you, when as far as the emotion behind it, because rightfully so, me and you were so like harping, like, oh, if JLK falls to our lap, because I mean, we were to a point where the possibility of him even falling 19 was looking crazy to a point where if he's still at 19, you have to get him, you have to get him. But it was a smart move, and like, you know, it's one of the things where it's like. I don't know if we talked about it on this show or what have you, but I compare it to when in 2010 when we drafted Trent Williams over Russell Okun. Yep. And and that's like and and and, I, and you know I thought about it as as the days progressed as our initial raw reaction. The same thing goes for this one where you know this is this is why me as a fan is the general manager of the Washington Football Team <laughs> because of those type of situations. So I definitely think Jamie Davis is definitely going to help us tremendously. And you think about, you know, who <laughs> who wouldn't know how to, you know, Ron Vera is, is a former linebacker. Yeah. Jack Del Rio was a former linebacker. So they know what entails in this position more so than me personally, maybe. I mean, I, I, I've seen JOK often, obviously, being you know, him Notre Dame playing majority of games in the ACC. So yeah, I kind of yeah. had some, yeah, <laughs> air quotes. I like that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I had more familiarity to him compared to a Jamie Davis who was at Kentucky, who's pretty much, a you know, average, well, below average team in the SEC. So you, you really don't see a lot of Kentucky football, yeah. to be honest with you. So that's why I think I really see it because of who I, who I initially see. But um, I think it's, you know, I, I trust their moves. Like we always talk about this often where a lot of wrong moves are questionable at best. But in the same token, you still have to trust him because that, he knows what he's doing more so than me as a as a couch coach. <laughs> no, no <laughs> fun intended. But, you know, so you, you just look at a situation where you have to have faith in it. Um, and I think like, and you know, even hearing other analysis of other people talking, that he he's perfect for our system where he can play and he's almost he may not be a Swiss Army knife like a JOK, but he's just as good, he's just as versatile and just as good as um JLK could have that that I envisioned. So I mean a month in, yeah, like pretty much a month to the day, yep. ironically. Um, yeah, I, I feel a lot better than I did initially the, the first night. Absolutely. Yeah, we we 
we've touched on it, you know, a few times already, especially I know that I have, and we told, we talked to Mo about it on one of the shows we did shortly after the draft. Um, but it's not that I was upset with the pick itself. Jamin Davis is a tremendous player. Yes, he came out of Kentucky, who doesn't, not a perennial powerhouse. They don't produce, you know, consistent NFL, ta- uh, NFL talent the way that, you know, an Alabama does, LSU um, teams and just in, just in the SEC alone. But, yes, yeah, so a month later, I feel better, mainly because after hearing of hearing the reasons that JOK slipped, um, yeah. I think it was a, a heart condition that a lot of teams were scared of to to take a chance on him. I'm glad I'm glad we we passed up on him. I, I wish that I still think JOK is gonna be a tremendous player. He's gonna be phenomenal in Cleveland. He's gonna, you know, that defense was good already, you know, one of the best in the league. He just upgraded that defense even more. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully that heart is not an issue for years to come. And and, and, I'm, and I'm happy for him. And he was even taking the pick after us in the second round. You know, so <laughs> so we, we could have gotten him in the second round, which I think would, would have been a dumb move, but I think it still would have been cool to get, you know, two yeah. basically first-round talent linebackers. And Because JOK was, was the kind of guy that you can plug and play in any of the linebacker positions. You know, not just middle, but middle was, was the, the one that we needed the most. Jerg talked me down a lot. Especially that night, he, you know, like I said, he's the logical one. Him and Steven yeah. are probably the two most logical people in this network. Yeah. And we, he, he, he was one of the big uh, proponents of he fits the system. Ron Rivera knows what he's doing. And that was another big thing for me. He's like, oh, I kept telling myself, I've been telling myself since, since the day that Ron Rivera was hired in that yeah. infamous Happy Thanksgiving interview uh, from Dan Snyder that yeah. I trust Ron Rivera. I trust what he's doing. He put a hell of a team in Carolina. Last few years didn't work out so well. Trust what he is doing, and I have to continue to do that until I'm proven otherwise because he had a hell of a defense last year. You know, the only thing stopped us was was our lack of offense. Yeah. So, um, but I do want to touch on your boy Brown out of North Carolina. I know you were probably happy when when you saw that pick. Obviously, it's it's big when when players of your favorite school are drafted yeah. to your favorite team. Cause you know, like me, one of my, one of my favorite players in USC history is Tyron Smith. When he got drafted by Dallas, I was heartbroken. I was devastated because from that moment on, I never wanted him to play well. I never wanted him to get hurt. Oh, I have to sneeze, but I also never wanted him to play well. I wanted to him to be one of the biggest offensive line busts in the history of the league. Um, Fortunately for him, and for, unfortunately for us, sometimes that's not the case. He's one of the best offensive tackles in the last 10 years. Um, but so just what does he bring to the team as far as from a wide receiver? And is it is he does he have the potential to be the Terry McLaren of this year? Because, again, he was drafted in the third round, just like Terry McLaren was. Is he going to be the scary Terry of this this draft class? He has a great shot. And funny to go go back to your story where you you know guy that you went to school in that that you know that you follow. Now get this. Now for some odd reason, North Carolina now has produced some good wide receivers. So it was a guy that I really love, Ryan Switzer. Ryan Switzer now plays thing for the Cleveland Browns. But when he got drafted, he got drafted by by Dallas. And I I swear to you, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna be next Cole Beasley. He's gonna piss me off like at least two times a year. And that same draft, Mac Hollins. I don't remember Mac Hollins. He's now played for the Dolphins. He went to Philly. So and it's just like now we finally got a Carolina receiver. Even also with Cole as well. Cole is with us too. So you know, I look at those situations where I think Demonte Brown is going to definitely be a great asset to this team. Great pass catching ability. Um, definitely great speed. He he'll, he'll definitely help this team. Um, now, and, and that's one thing, too, where he's going to definitely help in this depth. Um, when you look at, you thinking now, you're looking at um, Terry, then Curtis Samuel, Humphreys. He's probably going to be that fourth wide receiver that we need. And, you know, you, and the thing about how, to, how things play out, that's a pretty good option to have him as maybe your third or fourth because you just don't know how the season is going to progress. 
Um, I definitely think he's going to be one of those guys where I think the beauty of it, when he gets in, I don't think a lot of people are going to key in on him. So he's going to get some good looks. And with that speed, he can definitely break away from a safety and can and can put the top off a of defense. So I'm definitely elated that he actually, you know, he he was another one that fell into our laps. And I found a, a former Tar Heel that I could root, root for us, yep. from a, definitely from a wide receiver position. So definitely. Um, and then also to have cold air as well. So I got two Carolina guys in the fold. So it's always, you know, two two is better than one. So, yeah, always. big time. <laughs> so – and that reminds me of back in 2014, Brent, when we drafted uh, Brandon Sheriff. I think we had the fifth overall pick that year. That year, I wanted us to draft Leonard Williams out of USC. One, because we needed the defensive help, and two, obviously Leonard Williams out of USC. And th- then the the commissioner announced Brandon Sheriff's name, and I was I was disappointed because of who I wanted. But I knew in the back of my mind that as soon as he said the name, it was a good pick. And it was probably, even at the time, a better pick than a Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams did not shine really with the Jets because the Jets ended up drafting him the pick right after us. Um, But now he's doing well with the Giants, unfortunately, because we see him twice a year. But, yeah, that's a a funny story. I, I think that having Brown as, like you said, most likely wide receiver four as of right now, I think he has a chance to to move up above Adam Humphreys, uh, just because of his injury history. Unfortunately, I'd, I'd hate to I hate that that's the reason that I can see him falling. But with his injury history and, and if he's able to bounce back, I can see Brown being you know number three. Which even then, whether he's three and Humphreys is four or vice versa, you're looking at if we're running a four receiver set, you're looking at Terry McLaurin on one side, Curtis Samuel on the other side. Brown in the slot on one side and Humphreys in the slot on the other. Yeah, that's not including Logan Thomas lining up at tight end, who I think is the third best uh, tight end in, in the league right now. I think he is better than than uh, Wallen out of Oakland. I think the only two that are better than him right now is Kelsey and um, old boy in San Francisco, Kittle. Oh, Kittle, yeah. That's one. That's my one, two, three right there. And and Thomas is only going to get better. This is only his was his second full season playing tight end because we all know he was a quarterback in Virginia Tech. Bruce Arians drafted him in Arizona, kind of like a little project project quarterback. Um, ended up converting tight end, played a year in in Detroit, and then came to us. So having that, and that's not even mentioning the running backs. I'm not even going to get into the running backs who we have in the backfield. If that's our wide receiver set, if it's a third and six, we need a first down, and that's who we're sending out on the field, we're golden. Big time. We, 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 we should be converting anywhere from 60 to 65% of our third down conversions, our third down attempts, easily. Easily. So another thing I want to talk about, defense. Yeah. I feel like our defense – got dramatic drastically better yes um the signing of uh johnson out of cincinnati who when healthy i believe and many other people believe is a top five corner man-to-man lockdown corner in the league uh we signed safety out of uh miami i think they cut him and i I can't remember the name off the top of my head oh yeah i know you're talking about um bobby mccain yep Byron McCain, yeah. we signed him after they cut him. And it was weird because after we signed him, I saw somebody post on post on Twitter. It was, it was another Washington fan. He asked Dolphins fans on Twitter, what kind of say, what kind of player are we getting? Mm-hmm. And I honestly expected a selfish player, a lazy player, doesn't really fight for much, you know, he's a distraction to the team. Not one single negative comment. Was posted. It was always he's a great player. He's a locker room guy. He's a natural born leader. All this stuff, and I could not for the life of me figure out why they cut him. Yeah, because I, I don't if I if I don't recall, I don't know if he was like their team captain or I forgot. It was he was like their team captain. Yeah, and that's why I was like, like you said, I, it kind of alarmed me too because I'm like. Maybe you know Miami got some other as far as they got depth at that position. 
But I mean, that's another good thing for us as far as yeah. if you think about, you know, you coming from a Brian Flores or team that's almost, I'm not saying they're, he's like Ron, but he's Ron, he's Ron Rivera-esque. Yeah. Like as far as, because he's in that Belichick tree. So he he's ones that don't have like pretty much no nonsense. So if he's yeah. a captain of a team, of a coach that doesn't take mess and pretty much you know, long, you know, so that's another good thing. When I, when I, when I first heard that, I was like, that's, that's very odd, but yeah, it's, it's encouraging. Yeah. Like you said, good for us. We definitely bolstered up our secondary um, drafting Jamin Davis in the first round. That was our biggest defensive need was, was that linebacking core. I think we are set up. I think CBS sport did their top 10 defenses and has us, they have us number one. Yeah. Um, it's not even close. I forget who number two. I think number two was Pittsburgh or something like that. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for this season to start. You know, I'm I'm gonna pay attention. I probably this is one of the closest um, off seasons I've paid attention to as far as signings and and going into training camp whenever that starts. Another thing to note: Chase Young wasn't in wasn't part of the organized team activities, which I know they're not mandatory for the CBA, and people like to make a big deal about players not not showing up to OTAs. The biggest right now is Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but he yeah. we all know why he's not showing up. Right. He he has issues with organization. I think do you make a big deal when when certain players don't go to OTAs? I don't. Um, because like like now you look at like people will talk about Tom Brady not going. And I'm like, this is 21st season in the league. Like, well, 22nd. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think he's gonna be fine. I think same thing with Chase. And I think it's just a situation where it just be a situation where maybe potentially they're doing some stuff outside of of the team as far as training and conditioning. I mean, to me, as long as you make it a training account, because that's yep. where it really where it really matters. And and that's the other stuff that that they can do outside of the team to be together. So I I don't I don't make a mention of it. I don't I don't look at it as a big deal. I know that like you said, Aaron Rodgers, we know why that's a big story because we know he's disgruntled. He's pretty much in, he, he's ready to go. So that's why that's a big deal there. But I think with Chase Young, I think he's proved himself this year that, hey, you want to work on something and miss the OTAs, that's fine. You've earned, you've earned that. Now, if he was a rookie and didn't come to rookie minicamp, then we might have a problem. But I think he – I think what he did last year – Prove not prove, but more so, it, it can excuse him. Like to me, you can you can have the you can leave you you don't have to show up to these voluntary if you show up on the field or yep. if you have proven yourself that hey I can do my own thing, but I can you know we can still come together and do what we got to do. But I think what he did last year, he's okay to miss a, a three four day workout. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially someone like Chase Young. He, he proved yeah. he's. He's a natural leader on and off the field. Yeah. You know, the way he handled every single situation that that team ran into, whether the Dwayne Haskins situation, the way he embraced Tyler Henneke, especially on that third down touchdown run against uh, against Tampa in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he's, like you said, it's three or four days. It's mostly, to me, OTAs have always been more for the new guys to try to get a little acclimated, try to build a little bit of chemistry. Yeah. You know, with, with the team, kind of learn the coaches and how they work and what they expect. So it it doesn't really bother me. Now, if Fitzpatrick decided not to show up to OTAs, I'd be a little concerned. Right. Because, again, my, mainly for the new guys, try to get a little acclimated, learn learn people's names, you know, at the very least. Um, but we're going to move on to the, the bigger story. Um, so over the past week, you know, over the past – Ooh, two, three months, year, year and a half, six years. There's been calls for Dan Snyder to sell the team. Every almost every single fan wants him to just sell the team already. So because that that seems to be up until Ron Rivera was hired, that seemed to be the biggest storyline outside of we need a quarterback. It was always oh Dan Snyder did this. Dan Snyder, you know that we had the the New York Times article last year come out. You know against Dan Snyder and and a few other former employees of the Washington football team 
But we might actually have a new minority owner because all the other minority owners, they sold all their shares. They sold their stake in the team. And Dan Snyder is, depending on how you look at it, unfortunately, the sole owner of the team. But that could change hopefully soon um, because none other than Jay-Z is is reportedly moving assets, is moving assets to make a push to buy a minority stake in, in the Washington football team. Give me your thoughts on that. Um, it would be a great news. Um, just a simple fact. And it's funny because it, it sounds like it's going to, it's getting there and there's a relationship there, which surprisingly, and that's what the, I'm telling that's what I mean. T leagues don't fall off, off the branch. Just, just out of nowhere. I, I didn't know that Daniel Snyder's attorney is also Jay Z's attorney. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yes. So and then I was also, I was told that someone in an organization that has a profile, a high profile position with the team, used to be a part of Rock Nation. I don't know who's the name, but I've 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 heard that before. As far as I've read something that stated that there's a former a, a former Rock Nation employee is with. To watch the football team currently. Um, I think it would be great. I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where um, this team needs an identity. And that's, you know, even though he's going to have a minority stake, but this team needs an identity. It, it's kind of almost going to kind of remember, remind me of almost like how the New Jersey Nets were before leaving the Brooklyn. Because um, yep. he, he actually had input in that move. So I think with him bringing in that type of cachet, because Daniel Stein is already respected within the NFL circles, but maybe not outside of it as much as he is amongst his colleagues. So I think bringing Jay-Z in helps. And I look at, and that's the thing, because we we, we've always talked about the bigger picture. Why the team name change? Because we want certain things to happen. We we need to move out of FedEx. We need to, you know, get a new stadium. And we know what a new stadium entails. Uh, Super Bowl other type of things that can happen within that arena where you can, you know, you can um, have those type of things. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to potentially give us a culture. And I think he's going to probably help us as far as if they change the name, like he'll be a potentially if he, if, if this happens within the next, you know, calendar year or even going into earlier 2022, where they might push the name change until all this stuff kind of, um, you know, kind of get straightened out well flattened out more so than anything but um i think he's definitely going to help us i think it's going to usher us into the new the new era of the team even though we obviously the the former name but we still are we still are one of the you know the greatest franchise in nfl history we have a story tradition but we need to move into another direction as far as the 21st century and now we're going on pretty much almost 90 years in business this is kind of the, the next turn or the next going into the, uh, you know, the hundredth year mm-hmm. in the, you know, get ushering in this new, uh, this new type of uh, identity that we need. I think he'll definitely help us as far as getting a new stadium, um, developing a team name and giving us a, a, a better, a, a rebrand of, 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 a, of a historic franchise. I think this, this would be perfect. Yeah. That was one of the biggest things. Cause I know he's, he's, either is or still is or was at one point a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first minority owner of any NFL franchise. And that's always one of the biggest knocks on the NFL as far as their lack of progression. Cause we see teams like, like the NBA who, when it came to the social justice, who, you know, a year ago, four days, a year and four days ago, when, when George Floyd was tragically murdered, you know, all these different sports, leagues were trying to do something to speak out in favor of social, you know, social justice and the black lives matter movement. And it seemed like even going back to 2016 with Colin Kaepernick, the NFL was very hesitant to really have a stance to have a, a true stance on the matter, but it always seemed like there's, you know, that saying silence is deafening by them not coming out and supporting it. It always felt like that they, you know, that they didn't did, did not support it. Not just, you know, were neutral in the matter. They they flat out did not support it. 
Um, they were against a lot of the things that the other leagues, especially the NBA, were were encouraging their players. They were at one time encouraging their players. You know, you can kneel. Look at the WNBA is probably the most progressive league right now. Um, encouraging their players to kneel. I think there was, I can't remember which game it was, but they they left the court. Both teams agreed not to play. They both left the court um, over, I want to say it was the George Floyd murder. And the league was okay with it. Nobody really, you know, outside of the league had an issue with it verbally. So I think having, having Jay-Z, a minority owner, a minority stake owner of, of the team is going to be good. Obviously, given our our previous team name, who for so long people try to get it removed, try to get it changed, um, and obviously it wasn't until investors threatened to pull pull money out of pull money basically from from the pockets of Dan Snyder that Dan Snyder finally said, "Okay, fine, I'll, I'll change the name," which is usually how everything always works in yep. in a capitalistic society. You know, call it you know, whatever you want, cancel culture, you know, them bending over to whatever. It, it's a capitalistic culture that this country has 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 created over the last 400 years. And and money talks. You know, every, money talks the loudest over everybody else. We can sit here and have protests every single day of, of things that we want changed. But until money gets involved, until people's bottom line start, start being affected, nothing's going to change. So I think having Jay-Z in that will, will again, like you said, point us, get us in the in the new direction. Um, hopefully Dan Snyder might understand a little bit more if he doesn't already. And this team has been has has been trying to create the identity of of progression and trying to be better, whether that's Dan Snyder wanting to be better, or if that's Ron Rivera wanting to be better, or if that's somebody saying, hey. We need to do these things so we appear that we're trying to do better. At, at the end of the day, that that's you know a, a likelihood. It's a possibility. That this is all just for show and just to get people to say, okay, look, we're we're not completely racist. Yes, we had a racist nickname for X amount of years, but we're not a racist you know identity. That's not our. That's not who we are. They they hired the first black president of any NFL team. Uh, we have one of the very few minority head coaches in the league. Uh, we have one of the first, if not the first, um, black female full-time coaches on the staff. I think her name is Jennifer King. Yep. I know her last name is King. I believe her first name is Jennifer. So it's it's one of those things that <clears throat> moving forward, that this team really seems like they're doing everything they can to 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 really show that they are that they are trying to be better in that aspect. And and this is coming on the heels of. A, a another minority assistant coach being told by a team, you're not the right minority when being hired for, I believe it was a head coaching position being told, cause I believe he's Asian American. He was told according to him, if he's telling the truth, which I have no reason not to, not to believe him. He was told in an interview, Oh, you're not the right minority that we need to hire. So it, 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 no matter how many steps forward we take, we're always, we're always, it's always going to be an uphill battle. Um, and ownership is the last ownership is the last level for minorities to, minorities to get into. We have them obviously in the in the players player level, the coaches level. They're they're all throughout in the assistant coach level. We have a few head coaches, um, GMs. We have quite a few black GMs. Now we just have to get break through the the owner that owner level of teams and and the league itself. So, do you have anything to add on that? I mean, yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head. Um, yeah, and this team definitely wants to turn the corner. I mean, everything is really has changed. Everything, uh, you know, even it, it, little small intricacies. Uh, the broadcasting team has changed. Um, social media has changed for the better. Like a lot of, uh, and this is just it, this is a brick by brick process. And I definitely think you know bringing uh, bringing a guy like a Jay Z definitely will help. Because now we'll be in the entertainment space in a sense, yeah. more so, um, and then also, and just more so, being able to kind of do deals and 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 you know and make the team more valuable. So, yeah. I mean, it, and it's one of the things like you said, and I thought about this on on my show when you know when the when all this kind of went down as far as the name change. 
Like use this as an example when you want change or something that's going on in your life. That was that that was the playbook because you looked at Bank of America, you looked at FedEx, obviously with them the name of the of the stadium. Yep. They did it, and that's and I go back to even I that's I tell people all from the jump. If you want to affect change, you got to hit people in the wallets. Yep. Because I'm gonna be real with you. It was a situation that happened. I know this isn't Washington related, but actually a former player, our guy Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson went on the exemption list. Now imagine he played, but remember at that time Minnesota was. If you looked at when he did a press conference, they had a logo called the Radisson, which is a hotel. The Radisson start calling and saying, "Hey, we can pipe. We're gonna pull you. We might pull pull our money out if you don't do nothing about Adrian Peterson." Then what happened? The next couple of days, he's on exemption list for the whole entire year. No. Like money, money is the biggest thing. I mean, like I tell people, you can protest, you can do all this, this, that, and third, but it really comes down to money. Protesting is fine, but the but the, that's that's just scratching the surface. Yeah. But when it comes to money, that's when you got to hit people in their pockets. And trust me, they'll listen. Yep. And it's been proven time and time again. Yeah. Um, so you touched on it a little bit earlier, and you continue to touch on it. A new stadium. It's Obviously, it's in the works now. Yeah. Now that we've, we've taken care of that was the thing that was really holding us back the, the, the most was the team name. Yeah. Gotten rid of it. We're looking to, to get a new name. Um, front office has said by you know next season we will have a, a new team nickname. And Dan Snyder went out this earlier this week said that the plan is to have a new stadium by 2027. Where is that stadium going to be? Is it going to be in DC? Is it going to be in Landover? Is it going to be the old RFK? Because I know they I think they just demolished that not too long ago. Where is it going to be at? I think it should be all at RFK. I think it's accessible. Um, you know, just one of the things. And I think that's good. that's the ultimate spot, I think, in my personal opinion, to to have it there. Um, get out of Maryland. Like, obviously. I mean, it's no <laughs> no, it's not no nothing personal, but this is a simple fact of it's just, you know, you look at that. But I think being an old RFK will work. Or also do it in DC if you want to. Um but I think RFK is an ideal spot because you kind of – and it's one of those things where it's like that's when Washington was Washington. When yeah. it was – you know, it was my father's Washington football team where, you know, it was the hottest ticket in town. Like it was box office. Like it was to a point where they did an operational sting back in the 80s getting a bunch of criminals promising them Washington football tickets. It was that big of a draw where they had this type of thing. It was wow. it was the prime Washington football in the eighties, in in the seventies and eighties was prime time, and it was it was what it should be to this current day. And to kind of recapture that, and and uh, I go back into the you know the Jack Kent Cook curse. I think, in my personal opinion, that really haunts this team because that's when really the team hasn't been the same ever since the so the, the selling of that team in the late nineties. And, you know, I, I just want us to have, a, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetime, but you want to kind of get back to those glory days where you, it, where it was, it was a, it was prideful. It was, yeah. you, you, this team was, was everything. This team was winning football games. This team was, you know, there was just, uh, just one of the biggest draws on television. You know, we're, we're the team of the national, uh, uh, you know, of the, um, we're, you know, we should be the Americans team. You're right. And I think, I mean, considering the fact that, hey, we're, we're sitting, we're sitting in, in, in the DC with a DMV area. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're steps away from, you know, <laughs> from the trappings of DC and then all that. And you just, you just hope that you can have just get back to those days. And I think going back into that, that area can maybe recapture it. I think that's what I'm, I look at it from that standpoint. So I definitely think RFK should definitely be, uh, we should rebuild there and create new memories, yeah. you know, erase those Michael Vick, Monday night football fiascos, 
all you know all the other L's that happened at home on Monday Night Football and just in general all the the misfailings and that we've had at FedEx can hopefully that can just be eradicated once we move. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. I, I like the idea of it being at the old R- RFK site because my dad always told me stories about when they played at RFK because he was alive during that time. By the time I was born and started really watching football, we were we were well into our tenure at FedEx over in Landover. Um, but Landover does have a special place in my heart because that's the one and only Washington game home game that I've been to is is in Landover. So that always always hold a special place in my heart. But I, I'm excited. I mean, I know obviously you are. A lot of Washington fans are excited for this season, especially for the next few years. If if we continue on the trend that we're going right now with Ron Rivera and that defense, and hopefully offense, uh, our offense starts kicking into gear and and they would have produced some numbers. I'm excited. There's no reason why we can't make deep playoff runs, you know, for the yeah. next 10, 15 years as long as we get a quarterback. Um, but on that, before we put a bow on it, I'm gonna go ahead. And and let you do the honors. Uh, we've been teasing this announcement for, for a little while now. We personally have been talking about it literally since the very first show we did together um, little, about a little over a year ago. Um, very first show we did together, we did it, wrapped it up, uh, went on, went, ended the, the live, and then was the first thing we talked about. So go ahead and do the honor. I'm going to let you announce so we are proud to announce that me and my guy, my right-hand man, Rob Cruz on the Football and Chill podcast, we are going to create the – we are the host of the Washington Football Guys podcast coming to you on June the 11th. And um, we're definitely – this is one of the things where I've been – you know, like we said, we've been wanting to do this for – Quite some time we we've been working together for almost nearly a year now, and I think now is just the perfect time. And it's just and it's and it's funny like and I you know when we did the Sunday when you did the Sunday sit down, I think you were episode five, and that was almost about a year ago. And it's funny how when you talked about how like you said how your wife said that you know you felt like you was invigorated, it kind of gave you you know a, a renewed fervor. And literally, I felt the same way. Yeah. And the thing about with us in this, and I think I'm telling you what really got, what really was over the top is I'm going to tell you, when we did the funeral, the Washington blah, blah, blahs funeral, I was like, you know what? This is my guy. Because at, people thought it was a stupid idea. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Rob was the first, hey, I am honored to do this. And I'm like, you know what? Everybody laughed at, at me for even thinking about the idea. Trust me, I, I I presented the idea to people outside of the Washington football fandom. Mm-hmm. You know, amongst I, I don't even think even amongst all, all the ball all the ball um, colleagues, I don't even think I even mentioned them either because I think it was, I thought it was so far fetched and crazy. And I I, ta- I talked to other people outside of the network and outside outside of of my show and. Rob was like, "I'm hey, let's do it," and it was great. It was such a, I'm telling you, that was that was such a great emotionally charged show, to a point where I was like, you know what, we got to do a Washington football team podcast centric podcast, yep. and it's been birthed from there. But now we kind of put into fruition. You know, things happen, but I think doing it on this particular time is perfect because we'll be doing it during the season. Um, and we're definitely going to, um, it's, it's going to be fun. It's just going to be one of those things where I just, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, chopping up, talking, watch the football on a weekly basis. Um, I, I mean, we're going to love it. It's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about our favorite team, the team that we, we love. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's to a point where it's, it's beyond, it's it's beyond comprehension as far as the love that we have for this team. Yep. And you'll see that week in and week out with us. If you've ever seen us do Washington football, and and I think it's the thing where it just it it brings me up when we talk about when we did we did the pre pregame shows um during the playoffs, the season finale. We did one for I think Dallas week in October. Yeah. Those shows were 
powerful. Those shows had impact. Those shows were great. We had great banter amongst people who was listening to us. And it was just like it was it was it was perfect. And it this is gonna be such a great opportunity for, for you and I. I could not have picked a better person to um create to have this uh, project going with us, this watch the football guys podcast. I man, I am just excited. We put pen to paper, we getting everything together because we know these things take time, but now the time is the time is now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that very first show we did. Um, first thing, like you even touched on my wife was one. My wife watched it. She was like, "You guys' chemistry yep. is ridiculous. It looks like you guys have been working together for years." And and it's not even like we got to meet in person first. It was literally I tweeted, you know, looking for a Washington football team fan to do a show with, and our guy, the pop father Jeff, I will forever be grateful for him. Yes. Was like, hey. Get get a hold of Couch Coach, and and that was it. That was the birth of it. We talked a, a little bit. We tried to do a show, weren't able to the first weekend, then the following weekend we we knocked it out of the park. And it's honestly been anybody that we've worked with that has been on a show with us. I remember we did one a couple weeks ago. I was on your show, oh uh, yeah. boy, and even after we we ended the stream, he was like, "Man, just seeing you two talk, you know, talk Washington football. It's yeah. like like kids talking about." You know who what, who their favorite superhero is. It's just it's a whole different level when me and you yeah. get together and yeah. we're able to talk Washington football and we get to do it on a weekly basis, yeah. and it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Like you said, the time is now. Right in the thick of things, we're getting into um, you know, we just finished up OTAs. We're getting into into the um training camp, and then we're heading right into right into the preseason, and hopefully, what what ends up being a very successful. Uh, season and hopefully a deep playoff run and we're going to be there for for every minute of it and i'm excited yes and, and you know i'm looking forward to our february 13th 2022 super bowl preview that's right oh that's our, a- our, our nfc east champion washington football team <laughs> facing the uh <laughs> Face of whoever, it doesn't even matter. Right, we'll don't even matter. Mahomes, Josh Allen, doesn't matter. <laughs> but the real question is, do we let the rest of the network on the show for that? What, for the Super Bowl or just for in our, general? For our Super Bowl pregame show, our Washington football football team Super Bowl pregame show. Moe's hey, already this. out. Clip, clip I, this. I, because guess what? They laughing at us now that what's today? May 29th, 2021. But when we do that show, ain't nobody laughing. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Double lock. A double lock, double lock on the podcast. Because y'all laughing at us today. But laugh today. But February 13th coming roll around. I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna say, oh yeah, y'all was right. I'm sorry. Nope. No, we knew it all nope. along. Nope. This is when you had this is this is confidence. <laughs> what it's all this, about. These are confidence picks. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that, we'll go ahead and put a bow on on this special Saturday edition of Cruise Island. Big shout out to my man, Couch Coach Live. Yes. You know, I say it every single time. It's always a pleasure getting to talk Washington football with you anytime, whether it's live, whether it's in the in a group chat. Um, but go ahead and tell the people what you have outside of, of Washington Football Guys podcast coming up. What else are you working on right now? Uh, the same old man, just um, podcast every Tuesday. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on the Couch Coach Live. Um, follow us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also on TikTok, Couch Coach Live. All right. Um, y'all already know where you can find me, FNC Pod on Twitter, Football and Chill Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I do want to say something real quick. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it short, but May. For those of you that don't know, is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, it's it's uh, one of the bigger things for me as far as things that I try to take seriously, not only myself, but for other people. Um, I'm in the Navy. Navy is a very, very tough job. A lot of my friends just got told they were expected to go on deployment in about two months. They got told three days ago, hey, be ready in 10 days. Um so a lot of them aren't able to see their family right before. So so being in the Navy, mental health is, is a big, serious issue that I try to, when it comes to my junior sailors, <clears throat> I try to make sure I, I do what I can 
to help them and keep their their mental health up. Um, but just if you ever if you ever feel down, you know, it, it is a serious thing. Don't let anybody ever tell you that it's not. You know, if you feel depressed, if you feel upset about something, don't don't let anybody tell you, oh, just get over it. You know, and if you're and if you're the kind of person that tells people, oh, just get over it, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I, I urge you to try to change change that mindset instead of saying, you know, just get over it and say, hey, you know what, what can I do to help? Um, or don't say anything at all. <clears throat> you never know what demons people are battling. Um, I deal with my own set of mental health issues, you know, you know, from time to time. Uh, this last probably month, month and a half have been a little tougher than than I've had in recent memory. But just please take it seriously, because at the end of the day, your friends and family, yeah, they they're they're going to miss you, whether you think it in your head or not. That people would be better off without you, they won't be. I I can promise you that. Um, so if you ever need help, there's there's mental health crisis hotlines, there's suicide crisis hotlines. Um, if you're fortunate enough, go go see a therapist. I'm a huge proponent of therapy. There's nothing wrong with it. Talking to a professional, even if you don't know what's wrong with you, if you just feel off, go talk to somebody. They're trying to t- kind of get that stuff out of you and and help you deal with things in, in a healthy and in a healthy way. So please go go get that taken care of. If you think you might be suffering from something, go talk to a professional and always always reach out to somebody. And if you think somebody's going through something, please reach out to them and just let them know that you're you're always there for them. You never know what it can mean to somebody. And with that, everybody, thank you for watching again this special Saturday edition of Cruise Island. We are out.